You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. podcast Derek Piper joins us to talk everything Illini hoops Ty Rogers Merez Johnson part of Team USA 2023-2024 targets what Derek Piper saw on the AAU circuit and the biggest questions for Illini basketball we'll dive into all of that with Derek Piper oh and who could that front court scholarship go to we talk a little bit about that with Derek Piper and also we're going to start adding this on to the end of the podcast our rapid fire Friday it's been very popular on YouTube we want to bring it back so if you guys want to listen to it uh, right here on the podcast we'll have that after the Derek Piper interview as well so that's all coming up on the Online Enquirer podcast but before we get to Derek I want to mention it 24-7 Sports is doing it again we had a great response to our 60% off sale for our VIP annual membership so we're doing it again this weekend I won't fill up your timeline on Twitter and all of that with it but I do want to mention that if you missed out on the deal and want to be part of our VIP membership go ahead and do it and 60% off an annual membership that's a savings of more than $70 and now is a great time to do it because on Thursday Derek Piper just posted a treasure trove of Illinois basketball recruiting and offseason nuggets that you want to see and I had spent the whole week kind of trying to get as much information as I could out of Illinois football recruiting and there's some really interesting stuff I was able to find and some optimism about some in-state targets especially all our VIP members have access to that and you can too if you sign up for our annual membership 60% off or if you want to try your monthly membership it's just one dollar for your first month so you can check all that out at Illini Inquire. All right let's talk some hoops with Derek Piper before we get our rapid fire Friday segment with Joey Wagner and Trevor Valise. Derek Piper is next on the Illini Inquire podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Been a while since we've had Derek Piper on the podcast, so let's get caught up with everything Illini hoops, and we got a lot to catch up on. No, nothing huge like the Matthew Meyer commitment the last time we had you on, Derek, but uh, a lot of little things we want to catch up on. You've been out on the uh, AU circuit here recently. You were at Rockford to see Chester Frazier and Jeff Alexander. Uh, catch us up the last two weeks. What's been happening outside of uh, taking care of baby Cade in the Piper household? That's nice to get out of the house a couple of times, you know. It's it's good and refreshing and appreciative of my wife, and I can just kind of insert that for the rest of, you know, Kay's life. So, uh, you know, we're a little sleep-deprived, but, you know, I feel like if there's a Facebook status for Dads of America, that would just be the consistent, a, li- a little sleep-deprived, but we're doing good. So, uh, but, yeah, great to get back on the road and see a lot of these guys on the EYBL circuit. I hadn't got a chance until this spring uh, to do that, so – uh, getting more familiar with some of these 2023 targets. Of course, anytime you get a chance to see 
that loaded Mean Street 16U and Nogis and James Brown and Marez Johnson. Uh, that was fun to to watch them as well. And yeah, getting out to Rockford for the Illini tailgate tour and, and talking to Chester and Jeff and Josh Whitman and uh, just kind of getting the vibe as this basketball program heads into summer workouts and what they're saying and everything. So uh, there's an excitement and a buzz. And as we talked about all offseason, it's pretty warranted, I think. I would imagine Rockford, the people there, pretty pumped about Illinois basketball, right? I would imagine that's the overall buzz there. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty fired up. Now, they want to know about football. You know, they're they're still – Josh Whitman was trying to say, hey, we got to sell out the homecoming game. I know that was a big thing for him at that event, but – they like they like talking hoops for sure. They're they're definitely intrigued by what the roster is going to look like, what the jump Coleman's going to make is Dane Danger how he how he looks, and of course Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon Jr. and just how it all is going to kind of piece together. And, and Ty Rogers is a big buzz now. I mean, not only within the within the program, but everybody on the outside saying, "Hey, yeah, that dude's pretty good." Yeah, I want to get right to that, Derek. Uh, later on in this podcast, I'm going to ask you about the biggest question marks because we've talked all about the positives of this offseason. But now as we see this roster come together, we compare it to other Big Ten rosters that have question marks. Uh, let's talk about some of those later on in the podcast. We'll talk about what you saw on the recruiting trail. But let's start this off with some quick hitters, and one of those is Ty Rogers making Team USA, starting for Team USA, the U18s at the America's Cup uh, down in Mexico. What do you think that says about Ty Rogers and his development, uh, as well as what his role could be immediately for Illinois? Because he's playing with some of the guys who are going to be lottery picks at this time next year. Yeah, that's a great point. The fact that he's playing with guys who are expected to go to college and make an impact right away. I think that it says something about the skill to his game, the value he has as a role player. And I think that anyone would tell you that you don't, when you're fielding that team, you're not going to just try to get the best 12 scorers in the country. You got to have somebody that's going to be a passer, a, a guy that's going to be a defender and someone that's going to rebound. And I think that just the way that he plays his role, he, he's done it throughout his high school career. He showed that with USA basketball and it's going to translate to the next level as well. So uh, he's got some parts to his game and just with his physicality and with his, his maturation on the physical side, it's going to make him, be able to make an impact in some form or fashion in the Big Ten. So uh, I know that we've talked a lot about the way that he looks. I mean, he looks like that Michigan State guy that uh, is going to come in. And, and yeah, for him to – I know the competition wasn't great when you're playing those games and USA is up 60 or 80 or whatever it is. But some of the plays, of course, the behind the back and one was just spectacular. It's already a gif on Twitter that, that tells you how good of a play that was. He had a huge block. There was – just, you see the effort plays, too. Like, he had a rebound as he's going out of bounds and flips it underneath the basket for a guy for a score. So we play. Uh, he's just going to bring a lot of different things to the table and uh, maybe even more impressive than some of the, the parts of the the actual games is just making that team, starting on that team, knowing again who you were going against at that training camp. So uh, a lot of respect for what he's done there. And, and now the Ty Rogers hype train is, is full steam ahead. Of course, I mean, when, whenever that happens – you can imagine that's the case, but uh, there is a lot to be excited about with him. You know, when I went and saw him uh, this past year, I was raving about it. I just loved everything about him. He had he had a bunch of turnovers uh, when he played Kenwood, but he just made so many winning plays. And the one thing I didn't like about him was he was too unselfish. But that, but that I think you can eventually figure out. But he just makes – I mean, there's so much effort, so much intensity, great defense, great size, uh, great skill for a guy that's six foot six. 
you know, 200 pounds. Uh, and I, I think he's only going to get stronger really, really quickly. So just, uh, just fits in any roster, uh, in my opinion, Derek. Now, some people are asking, does he get enough respect? He's a top 50 prospect, right? Uh, you know, Joe Hendrickson was battling is, is Ty Rogers, Jaden shooter, Braden Huff, the top players in the state. That's a player going to Gonzaga and Duke, by the way. So I think he's gotten his due respect. He makes the Team USA team. But I think his value is that he's he's so moldable. Like he, can, he can play on any team. Uh, he's a star of his high school team, AAU team, but also can play at this level. Reminds me of Adam Miller and Io DeSumo, the role he's playing on Team USA. And I think that's a great sign of a guy that can come in and know his role, play his role well is a freshman. So some people are asking me, does he start? I don't think he needs to, to, to make a, a big impact on this team, but I have no doubt he's going to make a big impact. Yeah, I fully agree. I don't think he needs to start right off the bat, but also I think he will be in the mix to contend with an RJ Melendez and, and push Coleman Hawkins because as a guy that can slot into different spots, and it makes sense that those returners would get kind of the, the benefit of the doubt as we fill out this starting five projected wise, but uh, RJ still has, I mean, he's had flashes in college, but it's still going to have to take that next jump and play into a bigger role. And, and look, Ty's going to come in and battle him. I think it's it's going to be great to watch those guys battle, to know that you're going to have the depth, regardless of who starts. And Brad Underwood, whenever we meet with him later this month, we'll say he'll get asked inevitably, who's going to be your starting five? And he's going to say, I don't care, as you guys know, if you know me. Uh, but yeah, he, he's going to be someone that will be on the floor. I think if he's in that second rotation, you feel really good about him coming in and making an impact and then, yeah once again can just slide into so many different spots and the fact that brad's going to trust him at the defensive end and if you got to have someone we've talked a lot about not having a lot of point guard depth at least in terms of pure point guards he's someone that you can run offense through and uh, would be someone that if he has the ball you know off a rebound can push it in transition and do some different things so uh, there's a lot to be excited about just kind of who he's going to be right away and the jump shot is the is the key i think it's the key for you're going to hear some murmurs of, you know, is Ty going to be here long-term in Illinois? Is he going to be a, a two-and-done? Or uh, some are even going to venture and say, could it be a one-and-done? The jump shot has to come along. I, I don't see him as a one-and-done. I, I think that uh, beyond that, we got to see him be able to make some perimeter jump shots. And I think it could play into how much he's going to be on the floor as a freshman, too, whether he'd be a starter or whatnot. But uh, he's going to play because he has a lot of value in a lot of different areas. As much NBA as, as you watch, Derek, you know you got to be able to shoot uh, in that, in that yeah. league uh, to be a high draft pick. All right, Merez Johnson, 2024 commit. He also gets a Team USA invite to training camp for the U-17 team. Derek, I'll just say this is a pretty good sign when you have Rodgers, Desumu, Miller. All of a sudden, all these guys get invited to Team USA. I think that's a pretty good sign for for Illinois, but also for Merez Johnson, who uh, another player I really liked because sometimes you see the guys who are, are you know front court pieces that get by by with talent and talent alone when they're younger, and, and they might struggle once they get uh, at a higher age. Where hey, you're around a lot of players who are similarly long and talented. Merez Johnson brings intensity all the time. And I, I thought when I saw him, uh, he, he's got some things he needs to hone skill-wise uh, when it comes to shooting and all that. But effort, intensity, defense, rebounding, uh, he brings it. So what do you think of him You know, going to Team USA through training camp? It's a great accomplishment for him. It's very deserving the way that he's performed. And I, I saw him in Louisville his first game there. I think he had 15 points and 14 rebounds. I mean, a guy that's just – uh, an animal on the glass the way that he 
brings that intensity. The athleticism is something you just can't teach when he's six foot eight and that's strong and that's just quick twitch athletic and, and plays with motor like you were talking about. You'd rather have it that way where you got to add skill to that guy versus you got a guy that's skilled and you're trying to make him more athletic or just something that he probably can't be naturally. So I think as time goes on, he can hone in that side of the floor, offensive skill set. Uh, he's shown some flashes. Like he's shown some mid-range jumper. He's shown an ability to to make a move inside. It's just about being more consistent with it, being more fluid with it. But he's one of the top prospects, a top 50 prospect in the class and has potential to rise if that offensive skill and polish comes along later in his career. He's still got two years of high school basketball <laughs> left. So still a lot of time for that to play out. And I know the staff sees him kind of in that Musa Diabate mold, just that type of player. And, and Musa ultimately, not to say they're going to be the same player, but Musa was a top 20 prospect at the very end of his high school career going into Michigan. And uh, I think that is potentially on the table for Mraz. If it all comes together, he could be pushing that five-star range. But right now to be going to USA Basketball with his teammate James Brown, I mean, those guys playing together more and more is probably a good thing, especially when you think about recruiting and those guys are going to be teaming up at the next level. They're playing St. Rita, Mean Streets, and now USA Basketball together. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll bring that up a little bit later because there's another target in that class who is also playing with them uh, with a lot of these things. Uh, one more big scheduling note here, Derek. Uh, we're already going to the Roman main event. I know you and I are pumped about going to Vegas. Uh, and now I believe you are going to Madison Square Garden in New York to see Illinois take on Texas. So you already have two of Baylor, Virginia, and UCLA on the non-conference schedule. Now you add Texas in the Jimmy V Classic. You got a Big Ten ACC Challenge game. Don't know if they'll be in the Gavit tip-off games, but you know more than half the Big Ten teams are. Man, it's a loaded-up schedule. But what do you think of playing Texas this year? When Joey and I were driving to Rockford, I thought that he'd pull over and say, all right, this is where we duke it out for the chance to go cover that game. But uh, it didn't. It came up, but it, we didn't get to that that stage of it but uh, it's going to be really exciting to see what you look at Bart Torvik right now and analytics side if you're not familiar and these are two projected top 15 teams Texas didn't live up to the hype last year had a lot of talent really got aggressive on the transfer portal and, and still have Timmy Allen from Utah and Marcus Carr and uh, some talented freshmen as well so it's, that's going to be a really talented team Tyrese we'll Hunter Iowa State Tyrese transfer Hunter. as well yeah from Iowa State who was a big time transfer and uh, him being in that backcourt mix now is going to be a great challenge. Yeah, two transfers we mentioned last year. Remember Christian Bishop for a minute and uh, Dylan Disu uh, was was a yes. guy that uh, I think Illinois looked into at one point. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of talent there uh, down for Chris Beard. It's unfortunate we're missing out on Trey Mitchell and whatever suit his uh, stepfather or, or whatever Tony Bergeron. I'll just call him by his name. Would have. Warned to that game, not on the staff, but in the stands, maybe just in case anybody needed an assistant, uh, he could <laughs> he could fill in that role. But yeah, to have uh, another early challenge, uh, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how prepared Illinois is for that. Talent wise, I think that they're going to be up to the challenge. It's just how are things meshing early on? How are your freshman guards playing? But those are the type of games that I mean, Brad Underwood has said it year after year. I want to challenge our teams early because we'll be better for it in the long run. But, of course, if you are able to win a game like that, if you're going to be successful at the Roman main event, that's stacking quad one wins and, and getting your resume right for a good position in the NCAA tournament and uh, also boosting your ranking. Uh, and I think that it's just going to be really entertaining for the fans to see that kind of 
that kind of matchup, that kind of stage. And, and then to – I mean, you, you don't get on Jimmy V Classic in that game unless you've been successful, unless you've arrived back into that national scene, and that's definitely a, a highlight national game. I don't want to look over Missouri either after adding Isaiah Mosley, right? Like they, they could be a lot better this year. Uh, Cause I, I think they got a coach in Dennis Gates. who's going to get talent uh, to Missouri. So it's going to be uh, interesting. And again, throughout the records in that game. So we tested right away with a new look team. We'll talk more about that uh, coming up later in this podcast, Eric, because it could be a concern. Last one I want to get to here quickly is, is Jacob Grandison, man. If, if you're a good veteran player and you enter the transfer portal, you're going to have blue bloods uh, knocking on your door. And Grandison's list of eight was really, really impressive. Uh, reportedly on a Duke official visit here recently, Kentucky has shown interest. Uh, Michigan, I think he'd be a great fit for Michigan as well. I, I think this just speaks right to, to Jacob Grandison. Everybody needing a veteran who can shoot threes at extremely high clip. Definitely. I know that he's someone that is willing to play a role. We know that Jake's pretty unselfish. We know that he's experienced, like you said, can shoot the three, can make really good decisions as a passer. Uh, and he's just, he's now one at a high level at Illinois and was part of and a key to Illinois playing winning basketball. I think he can do that for somebody else. And we know the stat of, I think, 14 and two in that 2020, 2021 season after he became a starter and then the rest of the way. Uh, really helped Illinois flip a switch there. And now, I mean, Duke has added last year, they, Theo John, and, and they even got Ryan Young this year from Northwestern. But uh, not, I think that Jake would have make a bigger impact than a Ryan Young would. But uh, I, I think it, it makes sense. Duke's been we, – we know they're going to bring in that class of five-star freshmen, and they're going to have the youth and someone who can be a veteran and someone that can be steady and solid and – uh, just do all the things that Jacob Grandison does. It makes sense. It makes sense why big time programs would be involved with him. And uh, I know that people around here are going to wish Jake the best and be appreciative of what he did for Illinois. And uh, I think it just ultimately makes sense for both sides. Now with the pieces that Illinois has added and the commitment to playing guys like Coleman and RJ Moore and Ty, uh, and then for, for Jake to go find an opportunity in college. And I think throughout the offseason we wondered, is he going to go play overseas and what's that going to look like? But, it seems like, based on taking this visit to Duke and, and who else is involved, that he's going to have some pretty good suitors, and we'll be seeing Jake on a, a prominent basketball team going into next year as well. Maybe we had a rematch in the ACC Big Ten Challenge uh, two years ago. Let's let's go to Cameron Indoor this time. We weren't allowed in there uh, last time. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it speaks to where Illinois is at in the program, but I think this also speaks to Derek – this is the good side of the transfer portal, right? A team can move on, add pieces. Uh, they didn't know if Jacob Grandison was going to come back. I'm sure they would have welcomed him with open arms in April, but then they had Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, and a good thing happens for Jake. Might have a chance to play at Duke, Kentucky, or Michigan. So really, really good for him. All right, Derek, you were just on the uh, the Louisville circuit for the uh, or down in Louisville for the AAU circuit. Uh, just give me your biggest takeaway, biggest name, biggest interest, guy who. You saw the thing you heard. What was the biggest takeaway from Louisville? I would say for me it was, and we've still tried to figure out who the biggest priorities are in the 2023 class, and Illinois still is looking at a roster this year that has a lot of guys who can come back. Outside of Matthew Meyer, you don't have anyone that's automatically gone in terms of eligibility. Now, Terrence Shannon would need to get a free COVID year and want to do that. I think the expectation is that he's probably going to leave. So 
Brad Underwood and his staff are still trying to figure out what do we need? How many spots are we going to have? Do we want to take certain guys versus having options in the portal at the very end of it? But uh, Amani Hansberry, the guy from the East Coast, Washington, D.C. area, versatile forward, six foot nine. And, and look, we talk about versatility. We talk about uh, being able to play multiple positions and, and that being the a big key for Illinois going forward. He really fits into that. Chester Frazier's been on him. I think Illinois now has turned up the heat with him. I was just so impressed with his, he does a lot of Ty Rogers type things, like in terms of being a bigger body guy that can play with the ball in his hands. He was grabbing rebounds and pushing up the floor. He was playing insanely hard defense. I mean, to compete possession after possession in AAU ball is, is very rare. You don't see a guy challenge every shot. You don't see guys dive on the floors for loose balls. Uh, that, that was what he was bringing to the table. So Penn State, had, I mean, in terms of being a guy that's a three-star right now, Penn State's prioritized him. They've been in a very good position. But Illinois has seen him as someone that's a really good fit and, and someone that uh, has a, a pretty high ceiling as he put things puts things together. So they're going to be more involved. Villanova offered prior to Jay Wright retiring. They're still involved. But uh, Illinois is going to try to get an official visit, whether it be this month or in the fall. And I was just really impressed with what, he showed and overall the trend is Illinois looking for wings or forwards guys in that three four mix because they're they're thinking Meyer's probably gone Meyer's gone Shannon's probably gone and then RJ or Coleman could have the potential to have a breakout year and go pro or, or maybe it doesn't work out for one of those right. guys and they don't get the opportunity they want and they they move on so uh, I think that's kind of what they're looking for and uh, that that's really the focus versus maybe adding a guard or uh, even big man is still a question who's going to really emerge as as that guy they, they want to really push for it's interesting Derek. i don't think they planned this but it seems like every year is kind of changing like here's guards here's wings here's front court like it's kind of going that way and it's not not a bad way to to build a roster here but because it's working out for them uh but uh interesting the front court wing definitely seems like uh those priorities in that class how about 2024, Derek? You mentioned James Brown along with his teammate, Marez Johnson. But they have a new high school teammate and longtime AAU teammate. Nojus Udrusaitis, I said that probably wrong, but Nojus is a long shooter out of Chicago area. It uh, seems like Brown and Nojus are kind of the the guys that they're going after. And, and hey, can this be the next crew of teammates? You know, thinking back to the Peoria guys, Peoria Manual guys back in the day, they kind of – are the next wave that that take the program to another level? That'd be one heck of a of a get when you think about those three all top fifty prospects right now in the twenty four seven rankings for twenty twenty four. And I was thoroughly impressed with Nojes. I've seen him before, but it had been a little bit while. And man, he got nicked up a little bit towards the end of the weekend, so he he didn't play a whole lot. But early in the weekend, his shot making was incredible. Uh, his ability to make shots from three. Uh, I think that you talk about Jaden Shute and being one of those high-level shooters coming from the state. Uh, It's a high bar to put him in that conversation, but I think at this point in his development, I would say at least it's similar with the way that he can fill it up from three, and he's more advanced off the dribble right now than Shute was Hmm. at this point in his career. And I know that Lon, before radio, I've been talking a lot about no just recently. It's like, who do you comp him to? And I'm not always the best with comps, but – could he be a Nick Stauskas type of guy Ooh. that is someone that can really shoot it, someone that is a better athlete than you'd probably imagine. I know you, we usually say that about white guys that 
uh, maybe don't, <laughs> don't have the, I, I don't know, aren't crazy bouncy or, or just maybe not look it, but he's, he's six, four, he, he's got a decent amount of length to him. Uh, he can finish uh, in transition with dunks and whatnot. And uh, just a, a pure score and, and someone that is a killer out there. I mean, he, he was lighting it up and fearless and, uh, he's really exciting, and, and James Brown with you know six foot nine and very skilled inside, and uh, I think he's got great touch. I think he's got great footwork, and can he expand his game a little bit more with the jump shot? But those guys with Merez were all at State Farm Center when Illinois was cutting nets and hoisting the the Big Ten title trophy, and I know that that certainly made an impression. And Merez is trying to get both of those guys. And you look at his offer list, Derek. It's Illinois, Maryland, and this was Danny Manning as the head coach. Uh, I think when he was offered and DePaul like that seems like a pretty good spot that Illinois uh, has had him on campus multiple times got a teammate committed in state uh, and you think about these kids now Derek they've probably been paying attention to college basketball for just a couple years and Illinois has been pretty getting good that's what happens right all of a sudden they're thinking about Illinois when they think of college basketball yeah, it's a little different than some of these recent classes who hadn't seen Illinois be good in a while. I mean, you think about uh, Kylan Boswell growing up in Champaign and it's like, do I, do I want to play for Illinois? But now, like you said, some of these guys that may not pay attention as much to college until they start getting recruited or until they start really looking at programs. And Illinois has been very good. Uh, Illinois now has a Big Ten title trophy, uh, Big Ten tournament title trophy, and, and they're seen as a winner now. So uh, yeah, and I think with the offer list, you always wonder, it's like, okay, our staffs around the country just so focused, which it happens. Sometimes it just gets so focused on this next class, the 2023 class, that they don't send out a ton of offers or not dialed into 2024 already. Or is it the case that they see no just as someone, Illinois was his first offer, he's visited there a bunch, Merez is recruiting him. Do we not even bother because we think he's going to Illinois? I think there's a chance that that's the case, and uh, we'll see if Illinois can close it sooner than later. And, and as it, because as it plays out, if he's going to stay open and he's going to continue to play like this, I mean, he's going to be a pretty big time prospect. All right, Derek, give me one more thing, whether it's another target people should be paying attention to in 23, 24, uh, or anything else uh, from the recruiting trail. I think Trent Pierce in 2023 from Oklahoma, who recently made the move to Arizona Compass Prep, is one to watch. Six foot eight, six foot nine guy that can really shoot it. They want shot making in 2023, a guy on the perimeter that has length and can shoot. And I know that Asa Thomas earlier on in the process was kind of a big priority out of the out of the state. Just seems that things have cooled there between Illinois and him. And Trent Pierce is, is a higher ranked prospect. And I think that uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Illinois are kind of his big offers. Texas Tech as well. They came in this spring. Uh, Illinois is going to try to get him on campus. And he's certainly one to watch. And uh, yeah, I think 2024, it's still, uh, I give, I'll give some credit to uh, Carlos Harris too, the point guard on Main Streets out of Curry. I think that he's a guy that you kind of monitor going forward. I know Illinois has EZ Clark already committed in that class, but he's someone that can really get downhill, can really play great on ball defense. Illinois is his first high major offer. Uh, he's a guy that really impressed uh, in Louisville as well. All right, Derek, let's move on to the current roster. And uh, they could add one more piece here, uh, but I want to ask you about the big question marks. But one of those right now is who's going to be the 12th scholarship player on the roster. I think we're looking at, at a front court piece and potentially 
the ninth, tenth, or eleventh player on this team, right? I think we know what the core of this team is going to be. So, what do you expect uh, with Illinois to to add to their front court here this late in the process? No Pete Nance, right? No Pete Nance. <laughs> no, I, I don't see that one happen. I know us, the questions still get asked periodically about, oh, Pete Nance still any chance? He's he's available, but no, I, I don't see that one for Illinois, but. I think someone that can play in a backup role at the five is something that's been of intrigue for them. Uh, just kind of the the route they've been choosing. Jalen Butts, a uh, transfer out of Western Kentucky, who was at DePaul and actually played very well at DePaul as a junior there. And Tim Anderson, of course, was on staff at that time. And uh, he put up, you know, 10 points, five and a half rebounds per game. As a starter, I think that was back in 2019, 2020. Then he sat out 20. 2021 then went to Western Kentucky and dealt with a foot injury and wasn't very productive but he's an older guy that can play some some backup minutes at six foot nine and has some experience defending fives now those bigger seven footers is he going to get stops against Hunter Dickinson or Trace Jackson Davis I I wouldn't necessarily expect that but uh, so there's an obvious connection and I I think Illinois if they really pushed for him would probably be in a a good spot at this point but it sounds like international international big is a little bit bigger of a priority right now over butts and well you lose bossman's for donkey bringing another international big that's what happens right here. i mean you gotta have one you had georgie you got Matiz. ebv Matiz, yeah we got we got to bring up but i think the the standard of of what that player is going to look like is has continued to elevate uh going forward but the staff's been pretty low-key about that you know that those pursuits uh, i think that there's a competitive advantage especially and we saw it with bbv like i think he announced and we had no idea who he was and, and we started watching highlights so uh there's a competitive advantage to kind of stay low-key on those things so other teams don't get tipped off of, oh this guy's going to come to the united states and play so uh that's one route to kind of monitor and see and uh i'm not saying that a commitment's necessarily imminent or anything but uh they're in the mix for for a big there and i think that that's an option that we, we could see emerge here within the next month. Derek, I think both of you uh, and I agree. This team now has the talent level to be an expectation of another top five finish uh, in, in the Big Ten. How it all plays out, I'm not sure, but there are so many question marks atop the Big Ten that I feel like there's like 10 teams that could potentially be in the mix for a top five team. Um, but what is your biggest question mark for this team? Because we know they're long, they're athletic, they're talented, they got – as much depth, I think, as they had in a long time, especially when you go two through four. But personally, what's your biggest question about this team? I was watching your guys' daily dish earlier this week with you and Joey. I think you both bring up great points. You talking about everything meshing and guys stepping up into bigger roles. And Joey, of course, with the guard depth at point guard in terms of pure point guards. And I think that relying on some guys that are are still unproven. I, I think that that factors in freshman guards because we've seen high profile talented freshmen come into high major basketballs not even just the big 10 and not really be all that efficient i think that when you talk about freshman guards and efficiency they don't usually go hand in hand you think about io's freshman year it took a while for him to get going brandon paul uh, i mean just on down the line even last year max christie uh, didn't have the type of season that people were really expecting a, a guy that was a prolific shooter in high school and shot below 35% from three. So Sky Clark, Jaden Epps, are those guys going to be efficient? Do they hit a freshman wall? Do they struggle out of the gates? How, how does that look for them? And then I think that Dane Danger at the five uh, is a guy that 
you know, is he is he going to be the opposite of Omar Payne in terms of the offseason hype, the guy that was previously ranked, you know, very highly, but then it clicks for him now in a new role and, and now playing at Illinois. And even behind him, we talk a lot about RJ. We talk, you know, even Europa and Ty Rogers. I mean, Rogers never played in college, obviously, and RJ has still played sparingly. So I think that those guys being in different roles, even Coleman, like being in more of a marquee role is something that I, I wonder about as you as it plays out i think it's very fair to then say you know how does it how does it mix with meyer and shannon and, and just a whole bunch of new faces i think that's a great point that you make there and it, it might ultimately i could definitely see that being the biggest concern but uh, i would say we always look at the down the road and would freshman guards be a, a hindrance ultimately in in an NCAA tournament situation if that's what you're relying on and you don't have a veteran primary ball handler uh, but i there's there's a lot they, of they've had him the last couple of years and it hasn't worked out. So it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I that'll all have to play out. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little ugly at times early, but it also could look pretty early. You know what I mean? Like when it hits, I think this could look even in the non-conference, like Ohio state had a really weird non-conference is all those new pieces. were kind of figuring it out. They lost to Xavier, lost to Florida, but they also beat Seton hall, beat Duke, beat Wisconsin early on. Like, I, I think you're going to see an up and down team, uh, early on until they, they figure out role identify, right? Like I think role identification is going to be kind of ugly at, at times early on in the season, but once they figure it out, once Underwood figures it out, um, I, I think it could be really fun. Definitely. I think that even goes into you're late in the shot clock and who's, who you run in a play for, who's, who's going to be the guy to step up and take that shot. And uh, now that you just have, I mean, in the past, you knew where guys were going to be because they had so much time playing together. And now how does that look like in a new play style for Illinois? Uh, you're going to play fast. Can, and I think also, while you do have Meyer and Rogers and Shannon could probably do it. And, and they're even saying Dane Danger could push the ball off the floor. But when you're going to play a fast style of play, that does put even more of an emphasis on your guards taking care of the ball and, uh, and being able to make the right decision. So can your freshman be, uh, be very solid and, and be able to to make the right decisions and, and take care of the ball. And I think also you're still wondering about Sky Clark's health. I, I think yep. that we're all hopeful that he's going to be a hundred percent. And I'm not saying he's not going to be, but we have to see that actually happen for him. And uh, if there is kind of a, a hitch in his recovery, or if he's not as explosive right off the ACL, I mean, we saw DeMonte Williams come in as a freshman off the ACL and didn't really have the same pop in his legs right away. Is that, going to be something that he has to deal with so there's there's a lot of things to kind of to see wait and see I mean, a lot of questions but also a lot of things to be excited about I mean yeah. just the way they're going to be able to defend their versatility uh, and all of that so it, it's going to be fascinating to hear what's coming out of the gym this summer and then obviously uh, as we get into the fall really see it with our own eyes yeah, because I mean, other great teams deal with this every year, right? Duke, Kentucky, you know, Michigan in recent years has, has dealt with this uh, every year, and usually talent finds a way to win out. So I'm not concerned, like, oh my gosh, this team's not going to make the tournament. It's just I, I think it could be bumpy along the way, and, and somebody's not going to be happy uh, with their role. But that happens in really, really good programs where you're accruing talent like this. Derek Piper, thank you as always, man, uh, for catching up on Illinois basketball. It has been a fascinating ride, and uh, with the talent here in, in Champaign that Brad Underwood has accrued, and all these different pieces and different style play, it's going to continue to be interesting as the offseason moves forward. 
Always fun, man. And I'm glad you just divert your attention away from Tony La Russa for oh, 30 minutes. You, you know, had to do talk it. Some, talk some basketball instead. You know, you know what? I get I get a couple of random Cardinals fans saying, you don't deserve him. I'm like, listen, Tony La Russa is a Hall of Famer. He's an all-time great at what he's done. In 2022 for my White Sox, not what I need, Derek. Not what I need right now. So appreciate the thoughts uh, and, and kudos to your Cardinals for just being really good again. Uh, never gets old, huh? We try. We just got swept by the Rays, but hey, we're no. We we got two MVP Cardinals candidates. Nicholas yeah. is back. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. we're, we're we're rolling through it. It's good. All right, DP. Thanks, man. Anytime, man. See you. Great stuff as always from Derek Piper. Read all his stuff at AlanaInquirer.com. Again, 60% off VIP membership through Monday at Alana Inquirer. Uh, but also, you can follow him on Twitter at DPiper247. All right, it's the weekend. Let's have a little fun. Joey Wagner and Trevor Vuelis join me for our Rapid Fire Friday segment that we've been doing on YouTube, but we also wanted to bring to the podcast. That's coming up next on the Alana Inquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's Friday. You know what that means. It's Rapid Fire Friday. Trevor Valise with me, Joey Wagner. I'm Jeremy Warner. Let's dive right into it, man. Okay, first question. The Illinois basketball staff has been high on Dane Danger this offseason. What's a reasonable stat line in your mind to expect from Danger? This is not easy because we have nine minutes of college basketball uh, evaluation to work with. But look, let's be honest, like, the hype train is kind of leaving the station a, a little bit at, at Ubin around Dane Danger. And they're, they're excited for him. That's fine. But I, I, six to eight points, that, that feel about right. Five to seven rebounds. I mean, that might be on the low end. I don't know. But based on the amount of information I have sitting in front of me, that feels kind of about as far as I can go with it. Yeah, can I just, like, the one stat I think I'm willing to kind of predict is minutes per game. And, and am I too conservative in saying 15 to 20? Like, is that is that ridiculous to think 15 to 20, rather than, like, the 25 to 30 expectation that seems to be going around? Like, that's just plug him in there. Again, the guy's played nine minutes, and I, I get it. He's got an intriguing skill set. You are hearing the staff even say more good things about him than Omar Payne. And, and listen, coming from Baylor, what we saw from him as a prospect, but I'm just not ready to expect Dane Danger to average 10 and eight every game for Illinois quite yet. Maybe he does, but like my expectation on a team with Matthew Meyer, with Terrence Shannon, with Sky Clark and Jade Neps, Coleman Hawkins, RJ Melendez is he's going to be a complimentary piece and one you need at the five. But I also expect Coleman Hawkins to play some at the five. I expect Illinois maybe to go small uh, at times and maybe, um, you know, really bother some teams that way. Uh, They're going to find a backup that I think could potentially play 10, 12 minutes a game. So um, I I don't know. I I think six and five playing in 20 minutes with a couple assists, I I think that'd be a really good piece. Uh, You know, how many guys in the Big Ten – 
you know, our average at, averaging that in the post. So maybe it's five to eight, Joey, maybe it's uh, four or five rebounds. That's probably what Illinois needs out of its five this year, rather than the 20 and 10 guy they've had the last two years. And I think getting out of the paint like that more than the statistical output, that ability to be able to play outside of off the block like that value is probably more important than, than any numbers we're going to throw out there right now. Following last weekend's commits and before next weekend's visitors rank the top few remaining positions of priority for Brett Bielema for this class of 2023. Yeah, Joe, I think the the top two for, for me at this point right now would be wide receiver, and I would include defensive line. I know they added Jamarian Harkless, who's a big-time addition, but they got to find somebody that can continue to elevate that wide receiver room and, and continue to elevate the passing offense that has been so poor for Illinois for more than a decade. Malik Elsey's the guy we continue to talk about. We'll see if they can get Frederick Moore, uh, some other targets who are visiting later this month, but I still think they need more defensive linemen in the long term. And then you look at the defensive backfield. like They need more quantity in the defensive backfield probably than any other position left in this class. But I just have faith uh, that Aaron Henry and Ryan Walters will be able to find some uh, good prospects. They got plenty of them visiting over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I have wide receivers, number one, too. And I know they address that pretty thoroughly with, with four commits in the class of 2022. But we're talking Malik Elsey still. He still got a real chance. There. So that, that elevates it because he can be a guy who can make an immediate impact. I've got defensive back, but I, I'm with you. I, a defensive back, defensive line are kind of like, 2A, 2B for me, I guess, because, I mean, they have one defensive line commit, which surely isn't enough, but they're going to need to replenish in the defensive backfield. I know they did address that with guys like Elijah McCantos, Xavier Scott, Matthew Bailey. You know, those all take time, though, too, a little bit. So defensive back, and again, that big weekend coming up here, June 17th, I believe, is that official visit weekend. That's a really big chance to... To, to get a couple guys on board, and a lot of them are Florida defensive backs, get used to it. Uh, that seems to be the direction here a little bit. But you got to get another defensive lineman. There's opportunity out there as well. But it's, it's a big three for me there. I, I want to mention, Trev, real quick. The good thing is running back, offensive line, uh, I feel like linebacker and maybe even outside linebacker, you filled those spots for the most part. Maybe you add one or two more guys with all those positions. But now that part of the staff – can really start focusing on 2024, and that might be a good thing in the long term. And tight end. Tight end is uh, if we can get a really good one. It feels to me like if you can get a really good one, you take him, but it's not you're not losing a lot of sleep over that positional recruiting area. Ty Rogers has been showing out for Team USA so far. Two-part question. A, is there a chance he might start right away? And B, do you think there's a chance he's only here a few years? And Brad Underwood just quit listening to this because someone mentioned starters in the middle of June. Sure, there's a chance. I don't I don't want to say there isn't a chance, but it's way too early. He's not even on campus. He's in Mexico playing for Team USA. It's hard to to know, but they're certainly excited about him and they're excited about his skill set. And you're seeing that skill set play out a little bit. And, and he's doing he doesn't, you know, Cam Whitmore's dunking on the world down there. But Ty Rogers is just doing a little bit of everything that doesn't get that kind of like highlight attention, but it matters so much. And is there a chance he's only here for a couple of years? Yeah, but I think you could say that about just about everybody that Illinois is recruiting right now at this level. I don't, 
the the four year player is maybe not even as, as prominent in college basketball anymore with the portal and, and the professional opportunities. But I think Illinois is at a level where two to three years is like a sweet spot in that recruiting realm. Yeah, I, I listen. Who are the starters? I think we can potentially say four guys are pretty locked in, right? It's going to be one of Sky Clark or Jaden Epps because you need a point guard. Uh, Terrence Shannon is going to start. Matthew Meyer is going to start. And Coleman Hawkins is going to start. So is it Dane Danger? Is it RJ Melendez? Is it Ty Rogers potentially? I think Ty Rogers comes off the bench. I think that's a great role for him as a freshman. And that means he can still play 15 to 20 minutes. The same thing with Melendez. Same thing uh, if it's Danger coming off the bench. Those guys can still have huge roles uh, on this team like Matthew Meyer had the last couple of years at Baylor or Shannon had the last couple of years at Texas Tech. So I still think he could play a lot. And he just does things that are different. You can play small with him on the court. You can play big with him, uh, potentially playing the two, as long as you have shooters around him, right? Um, I I think he's going to make a huge impact uh, as a freshman in a lot of little things. It might be averaging four points, four rebounds, and three assists and and a steal and playing good defense, but I just think he complements other pieces so well. As for is he only going to be here a few years, I would pump the brakes on that a little bit. Because one thing in the NBA you got to do is you got to shoot. You got to be able to shoot. And and Ty Rogers, that is his biggest question mark. So most guys who are going to be first round draft picks have to shoot, especially if you're on the wing. Uh, And Draymond took him some time in college to prove he can shoot. I think Ty Rogers comes into into college, a similar prospect to Draymond, but what took him to another level was being able to shoot 35-plus percent from three, and, and that's probably going to take some time for Ty Rogers. and the good news is he doesn't have to do that right away uh, to play a big role on this team. Draymond, Draymond be refusing to shoot, by the way, once again. I can't figure out why. Who's one Illinois football player we aren't talking about enough this offseason that could be a dark horse contributor for this team? For me, Joey, uh, we talk a lot about one tight end and Luke Ford. I think we need to be talking more about Tip Ryman. It would not shock me if Tip gets as many receptions, targets uh, as Luke Ford. I think they're both going to play a lot. Obviously, Luke Ford has a really high ceiling, could be an NFL draft pick, could have been an NFL draft pick last year based on blocking and and some of the workouts he could have done. But I I think Tip Ryman is going to be a big part of, of this offense. He was last year. And we really didn't talk about him all that much. So he's the guy that offensively could be a huge key because you lose Daniel Barker, who's a big part of the passing offense, should have been a bigger part of the passing offense. And Tip at six foot five, what's he at now, Joey? 250, great run blocker, uh, gives you a big catch radius, and they've been impressed by him. So uh, he's a guy that I think fans should get to know a little bit. Yeah, I had him written down. I, I did an offense and a defense. Uh, I don't know if you want to – do you want to go back and add a defensive player before I – I'll, I'll go. go after you do your – Defensively, I'll take Quan Martin. I just – I think he was so good last year. And, of course, Kirby Joseph had an outstanding year. First team all Big Ten, got all sorts of attention. Sidney Brown had his best season, got all sorts of attention, and they should have. But Quan Martin in the slot, you know, slot – you don't always notice because you don't have to target it. And he, he just, they're really, really high on him. They think he's got next level potential. He He's a guy I just don't know if we're talking enough about. And you took my tip Ryman uh, idea. Sean Miller, I, I, it feels like I'm maybe getting ahead of myself. But if you look at 
where this offense is and they need some someone to step up at receiver, I think we might think a little bit differently if we would have seen him in the spring game. We did not. He was out with an injury. But he's a guy who I can see having a pretty – I don't want to say significant, but but really getting opportunities in this offense next season. Yeah, if I want somebody on defense, I think somebody that's going to have a spotlight on him. Don't know how great he'll be is, is Taz Nicholson at corner. They need somebody else to step up at that corner spot. I don't think we can talk enough about Seth Coleman uh, in, in the athleticism, the potential he brings to that edge rusher. Remember, he got the starting spot last year from Isaiah Gay before an injury kind of you know stopped that. But he just gives him more length, more athleticism, more uh, bendability, I would say, pliability on that edge. I think he could be really good. Like, I think his ceiling is higher than Owen Carney's, higher than Isaiah Gay. He's just not as proven uh, as some of those guys, but he does have starting experience. I think he's going to be a huge part of what they do defensively. I want to add honorable mention Josh McCray because we're talking so much about Chase Browns. Like, hey, this is another running back who's pretty freaking good. Illinois is now slated to play Texas at Madison Square Garden for basketball, but they will also play two of Baylor, UCLA, and Virginia in Las Vegas. If you had to pick only one of these events to go and cover, which one are you picking? Wow. <laughs> Lucky for me, I'm getting zero but I don't know that Jeremy would feel comfortable sending me to Las Vegas and hoping that he would get content back uh, for work. So I would have to for work purpose. I, I think I'd love to go to New York. I think that'd be cool. I would take that one, but Vegas would, would surely be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's the Roman made event because well, I think it could be a little ugly, maybe potentially for Illinois, kind of like Maui was a couple of years ago where you got this, New team figuring out their roles against a Baylor potentially against the team, uh, you know, that they're playing like it, it that could get ugly pretty, pretty quick. But at the same time, it's in Vegas. It's two games in what, three days. That's a perfect weekend for Illini fans. You get to enjoy a little bit of Vegas. You get to watch the games. Uh, that would be mine. And listen, I've been to New York. There's some cool things to do. I, I think the, the 9-11 Memorial Museum is one of the things people need to go see. Um, but New York, not so much for me. I I'd rather go to a Boston. I'd rather go to a Chicago, to be honest with you. It is so crowded in, in New York City. So I'd rather go to someplace like Vegas where it's a little more wide open and everything's just close to each other pretty much in Vegas. So I'd, I'd rather do something like that in the heat rather than Christmas time, New York, hustle and bustle. Is it a hot take to say of those three, I would want to play Virginia least? Just feels like that would be a game where Illinois scores 42 points and everybody freaks out. <laughs> Entertainment value for sure. And you already played Wisconsin a few times, so you don't need to play Wisconsin junior, I guess, Wisconsin on steroids again. Okay, any quick thoughts on the NBA Finals and what is your title pick? I know we're already halfway into the series here, but who are you picking to win the Finals? I mean, I'm going to take it feels like I'm cheating saying this and sort of two to one, but someone on the Warriors has to step up. And if they don't, someone not named Steph Curry, if they don't, it's Boston. The way Jalen Brown's playing, it's he's really taking that step. And you have two just star wings with him and Jason Tatum. I'll take that. Now, if, if Clay can get shooting or Jordan Poole can get shooting and Steph can get some help, then it might be different. But Boston feels like the move right now. My take is the Boston Celtics are the 
kind of model of what Illinois wants to do. And you've seen them load up on the wings. You see them have a non-traditional kind of big now, Dane Danger, Coleman Hawkins. That's kind of what they do uh, with, with their front court. Al Horford's really more of a four, right? Uh, Williams more of a four. And they just have a bunch of long wings. And you see what that can do defensively for a team. And defense still matters. Like, they can get up and down the court. And offensively, they can be good. They can be multiple creators. But they really don't have a true point guard, right? Like, Marcus Smart is a point guard and who he can guard. Uh, but he's more of just a stand-up shooter. But they have some creators on, who are really tough to handle. And all that length, all that athleticism uh, really bothers other teams and just gives them such a matchup issue. Steph Curry goes off, but they're really limiting uh, everybody else, including Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson coming off that injury. So if Illinois fans want to see what Brad Underwood wants to do, it's what is making Boston so successful right now and really what made Milwaukee uh, so successful last year. Unprofessional tie-in back to the program we cover. Look at that, Jeremy. Well, this ties into nothing. But finally, we were going to discuss our favorite uh, movie theater snacks. But then Joey said he doesn't go to movies. So I don't really know where the question is in here. But I think it's time to just roast Joey again. Joey, I know snacks. I know snacks. We can talk snacks. I'm good at those. Saying you don't go to movies is like saying I don't like music. Like, I, I can't understand... Why you wouldn't want to go in a movie theater, watch a movie like Top Gun or some big budget film, and just sit there eating popcorn, enjoying it on a big screen, surround sound, the experience of doing that. Like, did you go see The Dark Knight or anything like that? Star Wars, Lord of Like, did you not do this stuff? Like, I mean, like, you know, you're in high school, you need somewhere to go. But it's probably been like 12 years since I've gone to a movie theater. I have no interest in paying that money to go sit somewhere for two hours where I can't even pause to get up and go to the bathroom or get more popcorn. God, this is such an old man take. This is horrible. I I just, I don't have interest in it. It doesn't sound fun to me. You got to go and I, I like to lay down. I'm a big fan of laying down. I can lay on my couch. It's because you have to deal with people, isn't it? Like other people are in that theater. Like lay down, dude. That that really, I cannot stress enough how important it is that I get to lay on my couch and watch TV. And I have popcorn here. Now, if we're picking snacks, which apparently there's no question here, it's just going to be roast me. But if we would like to get back to a question, which is what we do on these things, I, I like. Have you ever had movie theater, theater popcorn. popcorn, by the way? Because it's better than the microwave stuff you're you're making at hey, home. Hey, hey. We're all friends here. I like, I do like movie theater popcorn and a blue slushy. So that's a mix. That's all I need. Give me some Sour Patch watermelon if that's on the table. That's great news. Okay. Trev, what, what do you go with? You weigh in on this. I don't even know how to follow up any of that, first of all, but <laughs> I've probably been to 12 movies in the last two months and he hasn't been in 12 years, but that's fine. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of eating a snack during the movie. I just, like, if I have a little box of something, I want to eat it beforehand because it's just throwing me off. If I, I can't see it in the dark, I like to see what I'm eating. Like, I just don't want to be ruffling around in, like, a bag of M&Ms during the movie. Why are we so weird? Like, why are we so weird? You like to see what you're eating. You bought the damn M&Ms. How do you well, not know what it could be? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like eating a snack during a movie. I'm just saying when I'm at a movie that I want to watch, 
Like, I just don't like being distracted with opening a box. I want to have it set before the movie starts. That's what I'm saying. Big pop. And if you're going to go with a snack, I go or with the candy. I know Lante loves the, the milk duds. I'd go with the raisinets, the chocolate-covered raisins. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? I have the worst take, and of all the candy, you're getting freaking raisinets? Yeah, chocolate-covered raisins. What's wrong with that? It's sweet on sweet. This is terrible. One this that I'll always get at the movie theater that I do kind of like is the cookie dough ones, like the little Ooh, yeah. cookie dough bites. I don't even see them anywhere else, but I'll get those if I'm at the movie theater. That's a good movies, Wagner. Yep. So at least I go to movies. Actually, if, I mean, if you go that often, could you bring me back some cookie dough bites the next time you go? I got you. All right, that'll do it for our rapid fire. Let's see who gets roasted the most after this one. Appreciate you watching. Everybody have a great weekend. Go see a movie. Unlike Wagner, and I suggest Top Gun. Is there some Marvel, like the 80th Marvel movie out that you want to pub here, Trevor? Well, Thor doesn't come out for another month, but Thor 4 comes out in July. But I thoroughly enjoyed Top Gun, so I'll co-sign you on that one. Thor 4. Is like Thor 8 in a couple years? Is that how... It hey, works with Marvel. Or more great Thor movies. I don't care. I'm not complaining. Too many of them. Too many of them. That's my hot take for today. All right, everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Hope you enjoyed that. We do that rapid fire Friday segment every Friday on our YouTube page. We've been doing that for about a month now, and it's it's just been a little fun, a little reprieve uh, going into the weekend. Uh, so we'll try to bring that to the podcast here a little bit more often. But definitely check us out on our YouTube page. Just search Alana Inquire. Uh, hit the notifications bell. Subscribe to us there. Uh, give us likes on, on some of those videos. Give us feedback. It's a little community on there. People really into Illini basketball. So we got so much content. We've been organizing it. Trevor Valise has been doing a fantastic job with all our video content and this podcast as well. So I want to give him a shout out uh, for all he's been bringing to us on the multimedia side of things. And we'll continue to try and grow that for you to kind of supplement what we do at IlliniInquire.com. All right, everybody have a great weekend. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquire podcast. Podcast. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.